Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I am your host. My name is Steve Barber, and joining me is my great co-host, Waylon Davis. Say hi, Waylon. Hello, everybody. And wow, we were sitting there just trying to think about a topic, and then all of a sudden, the WWE decided to just just drop thirteen more people at one time. Yeah, just I mean, over a weekend, it's like. I don't, I don't get it. And from what I've, from what I've heard, that Triple H had no say in any of this. He this was a, this was a Vince McMahon, this is a Vince McMahon call. And and Nick Khan. Yeah. And wow. So we've decided today we're going to discuss all the, I guess for lack of a better term, free agent wrestlers. I mean, because they really are. They were released by WWE, so they're free agents. Is yep. there somewhere for them to all go? Right. Because right now, I mean, yes, we have more options, but at the same time, there's a lot more wrestlers who all of a sudden are unemployed. Right. And there's only so much. I mean, as much as we want to see a lot of, the, you know, these all of these people get jobs, there's only so much TV time. There's only so much ring time that each company is going to be able to offer. Right. So, so that is going to be our topic of the day. And I think it'll be kind of an engaging topic because I think it's on the mind of every wrestling thing out there because I know my Twitter feed is, is, it seems to be nothing but that. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, it's just all over the place. But before we get started, I want to go ahead and give our contact and listen info for anybody who doesn't already know it. If you would like to give us any kind of feedback, any kind of show suggestions, just just drop us a line and say hi. The email address is armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchair booking podcast. You can find us on Instagram. Just look for armchair booking. You can find us on Twitter at booking armchair. We are, uh, look, you can actually download the, the podcast or just go give it a listen on Apple, the iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Play, and pretty much every single platform you, could, you can think of. And our host is actually Block Talk Radio. So we always got to give them a shout out. Yeah, and I believe, believe I covered everything. I believe so. Yeah, and I, and I actually feel pretty good about that. <laughs> so, uh, so Waylon, you, you have the list in front of you as well of all the, the wrestlers who got released. Yes. And wow. So uh, I, it just blows my mind. They, they're still releasing wrestlers. And after we covered it last week with them thinking, are they going to sell? I mean, it looks like they're selling and then they keep releasing people. Yeah. Like uh, the top, the, the list that I'm looking at, of course, you know, Bobby Fish is at the top of that list, which I hate it for Bobby Fish. I've, I've liked Bobby Fish since he was in ring of honor whether he was with Kyle O'Reilly as Red Dragon or his solo run when he was the world television champion. I always liked Bobby Fish, but as far as WWE goes, I knew he was going to be the expendable one once the Undisputed Era broke up. He's the oldest one out of the group, and he's the one that, as far as a WWE standpoint, he's the one that they probably looked at and said, well, we can't we can't make a star out of him. And from what I heard, his talent and Mike skills, but yeah. Uh, one of the things I heard today, uh, I don't remember where I read it or heard it, 
apparently Vince McMahon was overheard saying he doesn't want any 30 year olds and he doesn't want any midgets. And, uh, and that was his actual term that he used, yeah. but, but for him, he means he doesn't want smaller guys. No, he doesn't, he, he doesn't want anybody that's six foot tall and 210 pounds. Right. He wants, he wants, you know, guys that are pushing seven feet tall or you got, or if they're not pushing seven feet, they're at least like six, four, six, five, 300 pounds. But it's like, like we were talking about last week, it just seems like we're reverting back to that 2010s mentality to where we're just going to grab every guy that looks like a bodybuilder, but he can't figure out how to get between the ropes. Right. And it's, but here's the thing, but like Bronson Reed, I don't understand why they released Bronson Reed. If he's wanting to keep big dudes on the roster, why would you not keep that guy? You know, and that one's a, that one definitely a mystery. I, I didn't get yeah. that one either. I mean, a, a guy who looks, he definitely has the look. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's he was over with, you know, he was over with the fans. And it may be a Vince decision. Maybe it was a Nick Khan decision. I, there, all these free agents, and we know, I mean, they brought them there for a reason because, like yeah. you said, Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, they had experience before NXT. Yep. Mm-hmm. So did, uh, so did Mercedes, uh, Mercedes Martinez. Yes. And I'm going through a lot of these names. Some of these referees, they're releasing referees. Yeah. And now, I will say this, though, and I don't want to, uh, I mean, I, I really wish for everybody to find employment because, I mean, it, you don't, you don't, you don't just go seek out to become a, a professional wrestler just because, hey, I need a job to real quick to pay my bills. You know, right. this is something that yeah, you this is really not, have to seek is, out. Yeah, this is not like working at Walmart. This right. is, you know, you put in, you know, time, money, training, wear and tear on your body, you know to make right. it in that profession and then just to get unceremoniously cut just on the that, whim of a, you know, delusional billionaire, we may as well say, because that's what it's coming down to. Yeah. It, it's, and somebody, I think, uh, cause Stefan Smith, I believe, you know, being the referee now they do have a lot of referees. I will say that. Yeah. So I'm like, Maybe y'all shouldn't have hired so many referees because you could only have, you know, so many there. And then some of the other, um, I guess, on-air people, like how many backstage interviewers do you actually need? Yeah. You know, because, and, and like I said, I'm, I don't want to, I wouldn't, if you hired them, you hired them for a reason. But at the same time, if you did have to start cutting because of budget cuts, why would you cut the wrestlers? Why didn't you look at, you know, you have yeah. all, all these backstage interviewers. Here's my thing. If you're going to make cuts, you can't tell me that there is, there, there is nowhere to trim the fat at the corporate level. You cannot tell me that there's not a bunch of people that were hired to be yes men to agree with everything that comes yeah. out of Instagram's mouth. You can't believe, you can't tell me you couldn't have gotten rid of some of them before you get rid of the talent that's putting the money in your pocket there i need to find that list because there actually was one or two um 
kind of high up corporate level uh, people. And I, it was not on the sporting news um, article. It was on a different one that I wish I would have sent myself. Uh, da, da, da. I'm looking for it, but, but yeah, there was, um, oh, here we go. And, uh, and in fact, actually, this list is a lot easier to read. I'm going to send you this one as well. Okay. Um, yeah, if I don't email it, so you have to remember that when we're doing this, I have to email instead of text to get to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this one actually lists, you know, some of the, um, some of the non wrestlers. And, when I was looking at a lot of these names, um, it actually lists some of the ones we had mentioned that they had kind of quietly released them, like JoJo, Jeff Jarrett, people like that yeah. that are on here. Um, and then um, Susan Levin, Levison, Senior Vice President and Head of WWE Studios. Um, then another Senior Vice President of Production, Executive Vice President of Internet. So they did release some executives. Now, not the highest. I mean... Yeah. You know, if your name is McMahon or or Levesque, you're not going to going anywhere because right. I, I mean they got uh, they got the preferred stock, and you know we were talking about them selling off their stock. I think part of the reason why if they're selling off their stock, they're releasing the money back into the company. If if it's the preferred stock, yeah, they're, they're releasing the money back um, into the company. But I, I'm just looking at it, some of these names. I'm like, man, they are cutting just a ton of people. But our question of the day is where can they go right i mean there's there's more options for work if you're a professional wrestler i feel like in this day and age than there ever has been i mean you have um you've got ring of honor you've got impact you've got AEW, of course you've got new japan pro wrestling you've got uh you got PWG, you got MLW. I mean, there's a lot of places, but the problem is with, I mean, it's like WWE is doing a fire sale and they're getting rid of everything. And there's only, you know, there's only so much room on these rosters. I mean, there's some people like Mercedes Martinez would be an excellent addition to any, any women's roster and any yes. company, but especially AEW because that's, they're still, their women's roster has come a long way since the beginning, but they still need, especially that veteran type of talent to guide some of the, you know, to help guide some of the younger talent along. But, you know, I think Bobby Fish would be well-served go back to ring of honor. Cause that's where in pro wrestling, that's where he's had his biggest success was ring of honor because they, they knew how to use him. They they knew what they had and they let Bobby be Bobby. Yeah, be yourself. Yeah, yeah don't, just be yourself. Yeah. You're you're a world class wrestler, a great talker. Go out and do your thing. Yeah, and I think Ring of Honor they, I think they kind of need that anyway because a lot of the 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 beginnings of the AEW was formed off of folks who were just in Ring of Honor and all, honor and all of a sudden, yeah. Formed yeah, he, so they you know unfortunately and i'm glad ring of honor didn't um didn't fold because yeah. there's there was still some good talent there um and i think that they there is a possibility i mean we're seeing it right now that they could actually 
re re recruit this talent. Yeah, there we go. That's yeah. even a word. Especially with, <laughs> especially with the fans being back now. I mean, of course, you know, things may change later this year, but for however long the fans are actually able to be in the building, you know, you know, Ring of Honor fans would definitely welcome Bobby Bobby Fish back. Bronson Reed would be great wherever he goes. You know, he's, you know, a great talent. He was really like, he was really clicking. You know, he just come off that run as the North American champion. He just had that little mini feud with Adam Cole. And then all of a sudden, you know, he gets cut. And uh, I saw a, uh, on his Twitter, he had a video where he was talking about how he just, he had to, before he responded about getting cut, he waited because he's like, you know, it got so many emotions that I'm going through. Yeah. But he said that he's like, one door opens, one door closes, another opens. And he's like, but the monster's back. Yep. I saw that one. And yeah, I was enjoying reading that. I was like, there we go. I mean, and that's, that's a good positive attitude. Yeah. You know, and yeah. if I was, if I was looking to hire somebody, I would look for that. Somebody who really wants to be there. Yeah, and, and is willing yeah. to you know just put in 110 percent, you know because they love the craft and and they would get paid accordingly. Yes, and I would make sure they were well taken care of. And another name on here that I had actually forgotten about, but it's another case of now you have someone who has left the company while their spouse is still there. That's Killian Dane. Yes. Yep. You know, and honestly, I'm surprised that Nikki's not being buried. I know. <laughs> considering Killian Dane's gone. Well, that may be because Killian Dane hasn't, hasn't signed with the competition, so to speak. Right. Um, we all know Aleister Black signed with AEW. And so now his wife is, in, in both of our opinions, we've talked about this. She's been buried. I mean, she's mm -hmm. lost every match she's had since, she, since they brought her back. And I don't I think will, she's a single match since she's been back. And I will say this about um, about that because I made I said this on well I told you in a text and I put it on Twitter. When a wrestler leaves the WWE and they're married to another wrestler who's still in the WWE, if that wrestler signs with the competition, it's like North Korea. Yeah. You leave and they're going to punish who stays. Yep. Exactly. Which makes me wonder how long is it going to be before Charlotte starts feeling that heat too? Yeah. Because, oh, now because her fiance and now her dad. Yeah, and I mean the rumors are the rumors are swirling that you know AEW may pick Flair up as like a a coach or something. So you've got her father and potentially her father in AEW, but. Her fiance is there competing. <laughs> yes. How long is it before Vince decides to be petty and, you know, punish Charlotte for her fiance working for the competition? And, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be a sticky situation because Charlotte, I mean, no, no offense to Zelina Vega and Lana, but Charlotte, you know, she has so much, um, so many accomplishments there you know, being what 16 time 14 however they, uh, just, they just well, the number around just the main roster women's championships 
She has won 11 plus the NXT title, which I'm going to put her at 12. And then the women's tag team title puts her at 13. Right. And so, so it's not like she's someone who they've had as um, like a jobber to the stars type thing. Like they, they're doing right now to Zelina and what they did to Lana. Actually, I, I was wrong. I take that back because I forgot she won the NXT title last year at WrestleMania too. Oh, so she did. That's right. 14 total titles and 13 of those are singles and then one tag title with Oscar. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand the point of her winning the, the NXT title. I didn't either because uh, that was the perfect opportunity for, to put, to put Rhea Ripley over. She was, she was so hot going into WrestleMania and then they just, they snuffed out all of her momentum and everything, yeah. you know, and then she had to rebuild herself. And I, I, I never understood that because Charlotte didn't need the NXT title. She didn't do anything for NXT. Mm. I mean, oh, she was she making people mad and then dropped it. So it made no sense to put it on her. And it, it was in a way, it was almost like burying the talent who was already there, you know, who tried to build themselves up through NXT. Yeah. You know, so they can make their way to the main roster. And all of a sudden you have somebody coming back from the main roster, taking their title for yeah. what reason? Nobody knows. And then going back and and um, not really doing anything with the title, and then she, you know she drops it to Io Shirai and instead of dropping it back to Rhea Ripley, which would have been at least been the smart move to help build, you know, keep building Rhea Ripley. Nothing against Io Shirai because she's amazing too, but storyline purposes, she should have dropped it back to Rhea Ripley. Yeah, and when Rhea Ripley, when she tore through the elimination chamber, I was like, oh yeah, she's okay. She's the new one that they're giving yeah. that monster push. And then all of a sudden it just kind of stopped. Yeah. And I'm thinking she must've like literally stepped on somebody's foot backstage or something. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and Vince, Vince gets petty like that. Yeah. Something I meant to text you uh, this morning was something I read to where there's supposed to be major changes coming to NXT that Vince and John Laurinaitis are wanting it to be a true developmental. Which is what NXT was supposed to be. Yeah, but the problem with that was that would be fine if they, if they leave it as is and just work the younger talent that they hire, but they never give anybody a time to... I feel like they don't give a lot of people that they pull to, from NXT to the main roster. They don't give them enough time to grow. They just, I think Vince just sees somebody and was like, oh, put them on Raw. And it's just sink or swim. And then you strip away everything. Because you look at every NXT talent that has come to the main roster. They strip away everything that got them there. And then blame them when they fail right and it's like that you know you can't you can't take everything like shinsuke nakamura they took all the mystique away from shinsuke nakamura when he came to the main roster he when he got to the main roster he was just another guy on nxt new japan everywhere else he's ever been 
you hear the beginnings of his music and people are out of their seats and stay out of their seats waiting mm-hmm. to see what he's going to do. He's that magnetic and, you know, and that amazing of a talent. And they brought him to the main roster and just made him just another guy. And when he and Bobby Roode were having their matches in NXT, yeah, you know, the entrances alone. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was showing them to people at work who weren't even wrestling the fans. I was like, you got to see this. Yeah. And- I mean, they were amazing. And then, like I said, you get to the main roster and then it's like they turn Bobby Roode face, which is no, Bobby Roode's a natural heel. He is. I don't care that his theme song's catchy. It, he was an arrogant heel. His theme song is a heel it. theme song. It's a perfect heel theme song. It is. I had it as my ringtone for a while. Turn him face just because the crowd's singing along with the theme song. Uh, yeah. I used to sing along with Triple H's theme song too, and he's been a heel more than he's been a face. I say which which one? Uh, which, which Motorhead song? Both of them. The, okay. Uh, the, and King of Kings. Yeah. <laughs> and Line in the Sand when he was in Evolution. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't even a big Evolution fan, but I love that song. <laughs> yeah. Like, love the song, but, you know, and the fact that he was uh, coming with Motorhead, I'm like, all right, he gets some cool points in my book. You know, I'll give him that. And he was friends with yeah. Motorhead and he spoke at yep. Lemmy's funeral. But, but I think part of the thing when they come from NXT is, yes, they're preparing them for their in-ring work and they as far as getting their character over and they're part of as far as doing the promos they're supposed to be practicing their promos and if you've um and if you've seen the uh fighting with my family movie the one about Paige, you know, yes. they, yeah they actually show that how Paige her promos is that's great and i liked it the other 10 times that i heard somebody else do it you know yeah. like you need to and they made them work on their promos but one thing it doesn't seem like they prepared them for is life on the road because no. yeah the performance center i mean they're right there in orlando yep. they they go do their thing they go to their apartment their house or wherever and you know and they go back the next day and go right back to the performance center and and, and train and and then they're performing there and they would go out for the big four they would all you know they get to the point they were having the nxt show the the saturday before Right. You know, so they got a little bit of travel in there and some of them had already had experience traveling when they were in other companies like the impacts and the ring of honors, uh, probably not as much in Japan. Uh, I mean, they do some traveling obviously, but, um, land wise, uh, geographically wise, Japan is just not as big of a country. Right. As, you know, they, but then again, I mean, you could travel, hit so many places just in Tokyo alone. Tokyo is huge. Yeah. yeah but they, I think that's part of the reason why some of them fizzle out when they get to the main rosters, because now all of a sudden their, their routine is just thrown way off because they're, yeah. And you're going to, and now you're going to have, if you're, if they're going to change it to strictly a developmental and they're not going, the impression that I get is that they're not going to hire a lot of the indie guys like they used to. They're also read that they're not going to be, so focused on work rate like they are now which to me is ridiculous because if you're going to be a developmental work rate's the most important thing it's like i always say mm-hmm. Vince gets what type of business he's in it's exactly like, 
you're in the professional wrestling business. As Arn Anderson always said, it says wrestling on the marquee. That's mm-hmm. what you're there to do. That's what people pay money to see. That's why he I watch he, it. He, exactly. That's why I've watched it since I was five years old. He yeah. thinks he's Disney. He thinks he's a giant entertainment company. You're a professional wrestling company. Do, you know, focus on that because everything, everything outside of professional wrestling that Vince McMahon's ever tried has never worked. And, and you're just, you're sacrificing talent for this idea of what your company is when it's really not that. Well, because I mean, you've seen uh, Beyond the Mat. Yes. And when um, the guy interviewing him, you know, Vince said, I'll tell you what we'll do here. We make movies. You do? You know, then they, then they did start making movies. I'm like, not real good movies. No, there's only two. Out of all the movies they made, there's two that I like. I like See No Evil, and I like The Condemned. That's it. I've seen part of See No Evil. I have not seen The Condemned. Is that the one with Stone Cold? Yes. Okay, the one they were like on the hill, they're dropping them off like on an island or... It's yeah, because like- they, they were live streaming. It was Every Man for Himself, Last last One Alive. Oh, okay. You so know, it was almost like, like a Hunger Games type thing. Yeah, yeah. That one was good. I like that one. That, one, like that one looked good. Kane was perfect for that movie. Kane, the man does it all. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he really does. <laughs> and besides that, I mean, if they start saying that... Oh my God! What was it no holds barred? Do you remember that? Oh Lord, yeah. The only entertaining thing out of that was Tony Lister, but yes. you know, God rest his soul. <laughs> I love Zeus, especially oh. when I love Zeus. But that movie was horrible. I saw that movie in the theater there in Hopkinsville. Oh, yeah, the in the theater. And, you know, kind of a, um, kind of a side story real quick. Um, you and I hadn't at, actually had not met yet. I think we may have like seen each other in the hallway, but, uh, it was like the very end of our sophomore year. I had broken my collarbone and I think you had a different lunch back then because it was like, uh, me and some of the other people that we always hang out with, even now I had, um, well, actually no, it was only a couple of them. Cause I think even. Alan, our friend Alan, I think he may have had the same lunch as you, but I didn't even meet Alan until our junior year either. Right. But, but I was hanging out with like Kirsten. She was in the same lunch as me. And, you know, um, and a couple of other, you know, folks that, you know, we hung out with. I had broken my collarbone. I never bunny hop a 10 speed. The wheel goes and the, the bike goes and I come down and broke my collarbone. Uh, uh, yeah. Hurt, hurt very much bad. In fact, you can still see it. It's still, you know, so it's, oh, yeah. And, and of course, um, you know, I had, had this brace put on there so we could, it could go back, you know, so to heal and have my arm, you know, in a sling, you know, for the rest of the year. And finally, we're going to go get the brace and everything taken off. And my stepdad actually, you know, he took me up to Fort Campbell and when they took the brace off and then, um, he, when he drove back, he drove back with his head out the window the whole time, because it was like two months worth of like not being able to shower or anything. So it was like two months uh, worth yeah. of dead skin. He said the smell was pretty horrible. And this is coming from a man who's, a, you know, he, you know, he's a, he's a retired Green Beret. I mean, you've met him. Yeah. I mean, he's, you yeah. know, he's been there, seen there. I mean, he's been there, done that. He's done, got, you know, he made them t-shirts. Yeah. Um, but then afterwards, you know, once he took me home and was like, you're getting in the shower now. 
then <laughs> you know we went um you know to the movie theater and you know it was in the summer uh so it was basically yeah. like, during the middle of the day like a matinee show i don't remember what he watched he had no interest in watching no holds barred so i wanted to see no holds bar so i went in there and it was me and like three 10 or 11 year olds <laughs> you know, so i actually sat with them you know but i was actually explaining some of the things about about wrestling to them while we were watching yeah. it and i'm like man this movie's really not that good no like, you know like i said i like zeus now he man, he yeah. played that character to the t oh yeah but you know the oh, wow and and I'm not even going to repeat the line just because I'm not, you know, seven years old. But you know the most famous line in the movie when Hogan says, "What's that smell?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like I, I think that may be the only time that word has ever been just uttered in a movie. Period. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think so. <sighs> I, was like, I remember watching that on VHS, and it was just like it was terrible then, and it's like. <laughs> I can't imagine. Like I've only watched that movie one time. I watched it on VHS. Me and my brother watched it, and it was a bad movie then. I can't imagine him watching it now because I know it's, there's no way that movie could hold up. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Back to the um, back to the original <laughs> subject. But, <laughs> With Vince saying, you know, he makes movies and he's more focused on the entertainment aspect of it. And he wants to have an entertainment company or he's wanting to have his own entertainment empire where he's like some kind of mogul over wrestling. And then he wants to have his share of football. Like we said, the XFL, the second version of the XFL was doing good and COVID's actually what knocked it, yeah. you know, knocked it down. Um, the WBF didn't do well. And what's this old Ico Pro? Remember that? Yes, they had they had that plastered, especially the early days of Raw. They had the big banner mm-hmm. at the Hammerstein Ballroom. They had the big banner in the the top, usually the, like the top right corner, and yeah, they had that plastered everywhere, and that it went nowhere. Right. Um, even when I was setting up the watch along we did last Thursday, um, when I first started the video uh, for that for SummerSlam '92 very first thing they had was an advertisement for ico pro which was part of the video and i was like wow <laughs> yeah and you know but vince's vision you know he has become kind of that delusional billionaire and he's yeah. still trying to hold on to the, what made it the company big in the 80s and but also trying because we were also talking about he's trying to throw in attitude era type stuff not going full-fledged uh and maybe he's trying to get that formula back and and a lot of you know a lot of us part of the iwc the the internet wrestling community are saying why don't you just focus on wrestling yeah because he's never as much as he tries he's never gonna he's never gonna hit those highs that he reached in the golden era he's never gonna reach those highs he reached in the attitude era it's you know they were great while they lasted produce some timeless content but you've got to keep moving forward john cena mm-hmm. said in an interview last week that wwe needs to stop focusing on part-timers he's like myself included mm-hmm. he's like we don't need to be the focus he's like if wwe wants to keep building for the future they've got to focus and push the younger talent 
and stop bringing us part-timers in to just hotshot things. And when you got right. the face of, you got the face of the company for the last 15 years saying stop pushing part-timers, why is no one listening? Right. And because Vince will say, "Well, I'm the one who built the company, but you had help along well, the way, Vince." He said and, the same he said the same thing when him and Hogan fell out that without him Hogan would be nothing. Okay, did he give Hogan the platform? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it was Hogan who got that character over. It was yeah. Hogan who grew those people in. It was Hogan who put the butts in the seats. You know. Yep. And Vince, in a way, I mean, yeah, he had the idea of bringing Hogan back. Yeah. You know, and he bought him from the AWA because Hogan. Hogan got, got to the point he was definitely too big for the AWA. The AWA, because of their own Vergania's own business model, the way he wanted to run things, it was never really going to go beyond uh, the Minneapolis, uh, part of the Chicago, yeah. a little bit in Vegas. I mean, because he was like like little spot places all over the place. It was like everything yeah. was so – these places that weren't actually like geographically connected to each other. Yeah. Yeah, it was just going to be – it. the AWA was always going to be a small – it was going to stay a small regional – promotion because Vern didn't want it to get big right Just, they they were going to be like the top think, the top of the bottom yeah I don't think Vern knew how to get there because he wouldn't listen to anybody hmm. because I think he got to the point where he was paranoid so he basically only trusted himself and his son and his son-in-law, which was Larry's Bisco. Larry's Bisco. Yep. So it's like you can't you can't run your company that way if you can't you know if you can't trust your talent. Right. And and when, Hogan should have made world champion. Yeah, I mean now I know they've gone back and they said, okay, he did win it. Yeah, but you took it away from him because you didn't want the glamour. You didn't want that glitz. You're like, you just wanted a, a wrestler. Hogan, we've established this. Hogan could be a good wrestler at times. Yeah. I mean, just look, look at his run in Japan. I mean. Exactly. And Hogan was doing drop kicks, doing chain wrestling, everything. He just knew he didn't have to do that in, in America to get over. Right. <coughs> and I always had a lot of respect for Nick Bockwinkle. One of the best um not underrated promo, but the one he gets overlooked quite a bit now. But Nick Buckwick's promo is because he didn't yell and scream. He just said it as a matter of fact. And they were like, you're like, all right, I believe him. I believe me. And he sounded like he knew what yeah. he was talking about. Yeah, he was articulate. He said everything exactly. in a believable tone to where you're like, I don't like this guy, but I agree with everything he just said. Right. And when Vern Gagne kept putting the belt back on Nick Bockwinkle. And it was like, the man is like around 50 years old. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're having a hard time believing that he's going to get over Hogan. Then when, when Stan Hansen beat Rick Martel yeah. and, you know, and Rick Martel was actually a great world champion in, in my opinion, yes. you know, yes. and wrestled everybody. Um, he actually wrestled flair title versus title over in Japan. Yeah. And the very next night, they had a tag team match, him and Flair against a couple guys, but yeah. uh, which made me start questioning some things. But yeah, it's like, weren't they just fighting? Yeah, but... they were just fighting. Well, no, okay. Um, 
but the the storyline between Martell and Hanson, and I was I remember reading about it in the magazines first, and then I was able to see the match they had. I think it was at Wrestle Rock '86, uh, the one they were in Chicago, um, one of the stadiums, maybe in Comiskey Park, and it was the same card that had the Freebirds and the Road Warriors, and the Freebirds came out with their face paint. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and so that match you know, ended up being pretty good, but Martell and Hanson, that was a match you would never expect Martell to have a match like this because I mean they, it, I mean it was like a false count anywhere except for it was a false count. They were just going all over the place. Yeah. And Martell was getting brutal with him. I mean Hanson was trying to swing a chair and Martell was tackling him and taking him down and and it was like uh, you know it was a really really good match. And of course, in Hanson later on, he damaged Martel's back, blah, blah, blah. You know, he worked the back and it beat him with the, the Brazos Valley backbreaker, which was basically a Boston Crab. Everybody has yeah. different names for their own Boston Crab. Right. And Hanson got the title and he had it for a little bit. And Vern Gagne said, okay, now I want you to drop it to Bachwinkle. And Hanson's like, why? It doesn't make yeah. any sense. And you know, so Hanson left. He took and he took the belt with him, <laughs> and then yeah. he eventually gave it back. But Vern also wanted a piece of uh, his earnings from Japan, right? Because he was still, he was still wrestling in Japan at the same time, and Vern did that to several guys. Wanted to kind of pick their pockets for a little percentage of their earnings, and Stan Hansen flat out said no. And he finally returned the belt after he flattened it with his truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, that was actually one of my favorite belts, too. But, um, but yeah, but that was a case of Vern not knowing how to expand beyond yeah. the, the Twin Cities. Vince, who actually has control, you know, if you would think, Vince, I mean, he doesn't have a true monopoly, obviously, but if you say who has control over wrestling, it really is still yes. Vince. Yeah. You know, you have to always take him into consideration. And he's not willing to expand. He's not willing to change with the times. And now he's getting rid of all these wrestlers that could be his future. Now they're going to be somebody else's future. Yeah. And, and they were. Yeah. All of that talent that he got from AWA, that's what made the golden era. Yes. And that's now and now it's going to be a, kind of almost payback in a way. Because yeah. these wrestlers who they he just released this past Friday because SmackDown was on and we're seeing news that all these people are getting released and I'm texting you going, yeah. oh my God, are you checking us out? And Yeah, you, and you're you, like, you messaged me in the same time that we were texting. I was getting, I was getting tweets from yeah. uh, different, you know, different sources about all the wrestlers that were being released during SmackDown. Right. And it guys was during guys SmackDown. Were, yeah, guys who were just on live television two nights before. Right. Because Tyler Rust was on, um, he was on TV because he was part of the Diamond Mine with, you know, Roderick Strong. Yeah. So I don't know where we're going to go from there. Bronson Reed was just on TV. Bobby Fish just wrestled Roderick Strong Tuesday on NXT. And then he gets released and it's like, but, but Vince always says that he doesn't feel like, especially AEW because they're the biggest company you know, right now, he doesn't feel like they're competition. Well, you're feeding them talent on mm -hmm. a regular basis. Do you not? And you've seen 
what they're able to do with talent because they book long-term storytelling. Yes. is a lost art in WWE. It wasn't in NXT. Triple H booked long-term stories in NXT. But the yeah. main roster, there's no long-term story. You're just hot-shotting from angle to angle, from the month to month, to sell a pay pay-per-view. Yep. yep. And AEW has shown that they can use their talent, and they've got enough programming to where they spread it out. You've got AEW Dark on YouTube. So you're the, the younger talent or the, the not-so-seasoned talent are able to perform there and, you know, kind of get the wheels going. Then you've got main roster people, so to speak, on Dynamite. You're going to have Rampage this, you know, later this month. So, and they said that that's going to focus more on straight wrestling and not so much of the overbooked stuff that can right. happen at times. Um, so they're spreading it out to where everybody's getting time to grow as performers. <clears throat> and WWE is, you know, if they're going to, if they're gutting NXT to turn it back into straight developmental and not hire any of these, uh, the indie talent that, you know, that they could, then I don't know how they expect to grow. They're going to get stagnant because Monday Night Raw is stagnant anyway. Yeah. It's going to get even worse if there's no talent because you've got to have, I get, I get pushing and promoting your younger talent, but you've got to have some of that veteran talent for that new talent to learn from. If there's nobody to learn from, then what are they supposed to do? And here's what would be my suggestion, actually for events, but really anybody. There's enough wrestlers they just released. That's enough for a main, uh, an entire roster on its own. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a whole, yeah, that's a whole main roster's worth of talent they've released this year alone. This year alone. And think about the non-wrestlers they released. Yeah. So yeah. they could be running the business side. You have a couple of the referees, you have a couple of the announcers or the innovator, the commentators, all that. They could actually start up their own company, maybe. I mean, obviously they gotta have the money to do it and they gotta have the location. But right now the WWE has the one development of place. They have NXT. They used to yeah. have OVW and FCW and yeah. Memphis. Yeah. Right, right now, OVW is still around. Memphis, there is still something going on there. I don't know the full extent of what is going on going on down there fcw is no longer a thing but there are two companies in cincinnati obviously the nwf and there's another one and the name escapes me right now because but i see there they have advertisements occasionally on facebook and yeah you know so but the wwe events they could actually do something like that set up these developmental places almost like you have major league baseball where every major league baseball team has different levels of their the what they, you know they call the farm system the triple a double a single and sometimes they have more than one single a team but and, it's like vince looks at it like i have to snuff out he's got it's like a godfather mentality all the yeah almost it is. To where i have to snuff out all my enemies so i can be the only one where all these other companies are like, look, we can all work together and mm -hmm. everybody can eat. And, you know, everybody can eat. We can all exactly. work together 
we can all make money and all prosper. And then you've got this lone entity over here that's the WWE that's like, I just want to consume everything so I can be the, you know, alone at the top of the mountain. But when you've got, but then your fans are going to turn on you. Nobody wants to, you see how bad it was in the 2010s, you know, late, late 2000s, early 2010s. People were not watching. The product was just it became terrible. stale. It was, yeah, it was extremely stale. And another thing I don't get is how is WWE the most profitable wrestling company in the history of pro wrestling? You're gutting your roster left and right for supposed budget cuts, but you don't see all these in, all these small independent companies. You never heard a word about them releasing anybody. They kept everybody under contract and did the mm -hmm. best they could to take care of everybody on their roster. When you've had this billion-dollar company over here, you know, recording record profits last year and this year, but you need, but your budget's so tight, you have to release all these people. Yeah, something's you know, not adding up. It, it's really not. No, especially during a global pandemic. Right. I mean, it, it'd be bad enough if the world wasn't in the state that it's in right now. But you have so much uncertainty with the pandemic and you're just releasing these people from their jobs. I mean, these people have families, you know, mm -hmm. to take care of. And it, it's 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 really it's a sad state of affairs right now when they're doing that. Yeah. And I would love to be a fly on the wall in some of these meetings when they are discussing, yes, they're making, like you said, they're making these great profits. Uh, and I know some of that is relative. I mean, you can say, well, okay, well, they made the, the, the percentage of the profit may be high. The raw numbers may actually be low, but they may be cutting, cutting, cutting. So the overall number that they're bringing in, the gross number is still here, whereas the money that they're spending on the people the uh, the output is keeps lowering so they're 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 faking it basically yeah and, and so is, it's like you've got people i know the nxt people they released a lot of them were not making big money you know because nxt talent gets paid from what i understand maybe a third of what main roster talent gets that's just how their contracts are set up right but I just don't see unless I mean, there's got to be something else going on that is happening behind closed doors, because you can't tell me releasing, especially the, these lower tier talents of not making top dollar is going to is hurting your company that bad when you're able to pay Bill Goldberg millions for a month worth of TV, because it's all you're going to get is you're going to you're getting this month. He's going to wrestle his match at SummerSlam. Hopefully, if there's any justice in this world, <laughs> he loses to Bobby Lashley and he goes home. Yeah, that's all you're going to get from Goldberg. You're not going to. You're not getting. You know, you're not getting a Bobby Lashley who's there every single night. Right. You're getting a guy who shows up for a paycheck, and by all means, make your money, Bill. If they're going to offer it to you, you take it. But at the same time, 
Vince needs to realize that 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 bubble has popped a long time ago as far as Goldberg and a lot of these guys. It's like right. Goldbergs and the Edges and the John Cena's and all these part-time guys. The only part-time guy that is showing up and not really taking a spot, so to speak, is Orton. Right. Of all people, it's Randy Orton, who is not. He is just, he's there working with talent, helping get people over. You know, the feud he had with McIntyre, the only reason that he won the title is so he could do the job and help get McIntyre over even more by losing the title back to him. He's working. He he requested to work with Matt Riddle because he likes Matt Riddle and he requested to work with him. I have no issue with part-timers doing that. You want to throw him in, like, say they have, like, a chamber match. You want to throw Orton in there for the veteran experience? That's fine. He didn't have to win the title. I'm fine with him being there. But why, in 2021, is Bill Goldberg getting a world title match at SummerSlam. When he hasn't when, earned it. When he hasn't earned it. When there's 30 guys at catering every week who could t- who could use that opportunity, who could use that payday. Yep. Because that's yep. what Bill's yep. going to. Bill's getting a big payday. <laughs> well, there's guys that work 300 days a year that could use that payday more than Bill Goldberg could. In fact, there's 13 folks who they just released who could use that payday. That's their job. They could use that payday that they're given to Bill Goldberg or use the payday that they're given to John Cena or Edge or right. any guys that they bring back for these short programs. Right. And Cena, I don't understand Cena's purpose. I mean, is, is he there to put Roman over more? The, from what I understand, unless Vince McMahon changes his mind at the last minute, which is absolutely possible, because I could see Vince going, well, I could have John Cena beat Roman Reigns. That would give Cena his 17th world title and beat Ric Flair's record. Since Flair's gone anyway, that's Vince be, that would be Vince oh. being and have Cena break Flair's record. Even though we know Flair's record is closer to about 21 Something than it is 16. But recognized by WWE, it's 16. I could see them having him beat Roman just to get 17. But the smart move is Roman beats Cena and Roman keeps walking through because it's getting over. His character yeah. is getting over. I mean, as a yeah. heel, like we kept saying for years. Yeah, we kept saying it. And it's it's working. Do not mess with it. And that WWE always does that. When something is really good and it works, they're always like, oh, well, let me change this part of it. No. Let Roman do what he's doing. Let him and the Usos do what they're doing. The whole thing is working. Leave it alone. Let, I don't care if they have Roman run through the entire roster. When it gets old, the fans will let you know that it's old. Mm-hmm. And they just need one more person. Um, because I, I always prefer four um, four men factions, four women factions, yeah. whatever you call yeah. it. They just need one more person. And... I was going to say Tamina or Nia Jax just because of the, the family connection. Yeah. But I don't think one woman would do it. I think you'd actually have to have both. 
in order to make that work because then they could dominate all the titles. Well, yeah, because if you if you brought Nia Jax over and had her join with the have her and uh, her and Tamina join, either they're the tag team champions or they're the tag champions, and one of them is the women's champion. Either way, right. or Naomi's married to you know the oh, Jimmy. Yes, there you go. Have win the women's title. Have. Uh, Tamina and Nia Jax win the women's tag titles. You've got everything. Yes. And I, I'd and watch that. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and just run with it. And But it's like, they said Cena's going to be there past SummerSlam. So I don't know exactly how long that's going to be. But still, Cena hasn't been, Cena mm. hasn't wrestled since last WrestleMania. Like 2020 WrestleMania. Yeah, he him and Bray Wyatt. And that was a cinematic thing with Bray Wyatt. So you can't even really call it a wrestling match. Right. So, <clears throat> but so he has been working a full schedule. He's been doing, I'll give him credit for that. He's right. been working a full schedule. He's been doing all the house shows, all the TV, everything. But it's just, this has bit them in the butt before relying so much on part-timers. The problem is for all Vince McMahon's quote-unquote genius, it seems like he's forgotten to how to create new stars. Mm -hmm. So he's got to rely on the other ones. But the, the problem is everybody that could be a new star, <clears throat> you're shipping off to other companies. And those companies are showing you how to build stars. And you look at who all is look at some of the veterans in AEW, some of them in the ring, some of them are tired from the ring, but they're still there. They have a presence there. You yes. know, you have, you have Chris Jericho. Yeah. You know, Jericho knows, I mean, he's not, he's past his prime. However, he's still performing at a high level and oh, yeah. he's there helping the other guy. He's helping boost the company up. And uh, great. I think he's probably going to be taking some time off here soon because Fozzie's going on tour. Yeah. They're going on tour. Yeah. yeah they're going on tour. I, so he's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I figure he's doing this to, to get MJF over, who is already yeah. over, but this program is going to put him in main event status once he gets done with this thing with Jericho, which is right. what you're supposed to do. That's how it's supposed to work, just like Cody losing to Malachi Black on Dynamite. That's how it's supposed to go. Cody didn't need that win. Malachi Black Malachi needed that. Black did. He and, needed that, and he and Cody sold all of his offense like it was lethal, and it was basically a squash. Cody got a few few moves in, and then Black just ran through him. That's how you make. That's how you make a yes. star. Because yeah. it, and think about who else is there training them: Arn Anderson, Tully, Jake the Snake. You yeah. know they're all helping them. I'm, Jay Malenko's there. Jerry yes. Lynn's there. Yeah. Billy, Billy Gunn. Gunn. Yeah. You have all these guys with 30 years of experience each teaching these, these young men and women the actual sport of professional wrestling because that's the thing. People can say what they want to about wrestling. It is just as much of a sport as football or basketball or anything else. It is just predetermined who's going to win and who's going to lose. Right. 
and the people who they have who are booking the stuff, what do you think Cody Rhodes and his older brother Dustin? Because you know Dustin's got to have a hand in it as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Dustin's training. He's trying. He's helping, especially with with the ladies. He's trying. He's helping train um, a lot of the newer, you know, women that have come in. But yeah, Dustin's doing a lot behind the scenes. Yeah, and you know they learn from the American Dream. They yeah, they learn from Dusty. Yeah, and through, even even through all of Dusty's faults, and I mean that was mostly because of his ego kind of taking control at times. Yeah, he put on some good, good shows, some matches, yeah. you know, the pay per views, the store, everything was good. It made you want to come back and watch it. It didn't make you go, oh, "This crap again." Hi, I'm gonna go make myself no. a sandwich while they're doing this. Exactly. It's like you don't. Dusty didn't give you the same match night in and night out if you know even if he wrestled even if he wrestled or he booked somebody to wrestle the same person two or three nights in a row you still got a different match every yes. single time and so there's there, a different aspect of the match there was a different set of you know set of circumstances or whatever you got a different match every time even if it was the same guys but raw is so cookie cutter you get the exact same show every single week just the exact, with the exact same spots. Yeah. 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 50, 50, the 50, 50 booking, the exact same spots. The, now they did do something a little different on SmackDown when Finn Balor, when he did the move over the top rope, he didn't do it on the aisle side. He did it on the commentator side. Yeah. I noticed that. <laughs> so that, that goes back to what we've been saying for the last couple of years, that SmackDown is by far the better show. Yes. And you know, that, that, that that two hour run is perfect. Raw's problem is that that extra that extra hour is just unnecessary. Yeah, and the hours unnecessary, especially when they're not using even even if they were to shorten it to two hours, they still wouldn't use it like they should because yeah. the first twenty minutes is still a skit every single week. Yeah, and here's my thing: the the thirteen people that got released during SmackDown on Friday. How can how can they how can they not have a space for all these people when you've got three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, two hours of NXT, and an hour of 205 Live. And the main event, is that still is that still something they're doing? Because they do main event for like the international markets and NXT UK. How can you not find places <laughs> to utilize this wealth of talent that you just let go. I think about this also on, on raw, when they have that skit, a lot of times when they have like the sneak attack or whatever, they'll replay the video of that sneak attack, you know, that they'll replay it at least three times in, yeah. in the show. Yeah. And it's like, why? I mean, you're wasting, you're wasting time here. And I haven't actually seen these studies where so, apparently there's an article they have to do the breakdown every single week of how many minutes of wrestling time, how many minutes of, you know, promo skit time, whatever you want to call it, how many minutes of commercial time, things like that. And the wrestling time is by far the minority of all of it. Yeah. And it, and it shouldn't be like that. I mean, how many times did we grow up when we turn on Mid Atlantic, we turn on uh, the Mid Southern out of Memphis, we turn on even the WWF back then, and it was wrestling. And exactly. You would have promos here and there. And but even the one, like I think one, some of the longest ones is like when Ted DiBiase kicked the basketball out of the kid's hand. Yeah. You no. Know, and I granted it was it was 
funny, but it wasn't funny at the same time. It was like one of those, I cannot believe he just did that kind of funny. But, you know, but then, you know, we found out later on, you had a kid and his parents, they went home happy. But, but, these, but those promos back then, they all served a purpose. They all led exactly. right into the wrestling. A lot of these promos are just people standing there talking for no good reason. They doesn't, it's, it's not going to lead anywhere. If it does, they're going to change it in a week anyway. So it's not going to make a difference. Right. Because Vince just changes things. Vince is still tearing up the script overall 30 minutes before the show. So people don't even know what they're doing an hour into the show because the script's still being written. Right. And, and that was what caused part of the demise of WCW. I was getting, uh, yeah, I was just getting ready to say that. Lots of guys have said that's how WCW did. And it's like, why are you, you, you bought a company that did all this stuff. Why are you walking in those same foot, footsteps? Because Vince apparently is delusional enough to think, oh, it won't happen to me. That's always a downfall of people is it won't happen to me. Yep. Yeah. That's how people become drug addicts. It yep. won't happen to me. Yep. And, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it makes me want to say, okay, a lot of the indie companies, you know, like I said, like the NWF or like some of the, like Maryland championship wrestling was out, out in Maryland. Uh, I know there's some other companies down in Kentucky. I know there's some, there's something out of Cape Girardeau, Missouri, right? That's not actually not too far away from you. Yeah. Yeah. They could, in fact, I know there's one in Springfield, Missouri, uh, because the slop drop wrestling podcast who I've actually corresponded with a couple of times, them great podcast. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. Uh, if I'd actually won uh, something, you know, I, I think I showed you that the manscape thing yeah. I actually won yeah. that from them. Um, but yeah, they seem to be great guys. Uh, and they are actually, they've been involved with the wrestling business. So they have even more of an insider perspective, but they are affiliated with a company out of Springfield, Missouri. But for those companies, I mean, that would be also be another opportunity for some of the, the wrestlers who just left to maybe join there. And just maybe if they do have to start out, maybe not making as much money, but then they may say, you know what, I'm, I might enjoy this because yeah. um, when I'm going to go watch this, this card uh, coming to Saturday with the NWF is someone that's going to be down in Covington with their summer sizzler. They're going to have Wildcat cat, Chris Harris there. And they're going to have a couple other folks that. Yeah. Isn't uh, Ace Austin going to be there? Yes. Yeah. He's on, he's on impact. He was the uh, X division champion not too long ago. Right. And so they can go back there in some case, I know like in Wildcat Chris Harris's case, I mean, he is going back to his roots. He's going back to where he started. Yeah. And, and he, I, I don't know if he's exclusive now with the WF, uh, but you know, he is there and he's always one of the, the main guys on the roster, you know, obviously because he's been, you know, um, he's been to the show. If you yeah. want to, if, if you all want to pull like a, a bull Durham reference, yeah, <laughs> he's been to the show and he, and he enjoyed it and he did well at the show. And, you know, so for all these guys, I mean, it almost makes me want to say, you know what, let's all pull them in together. Let's start something because yeah. these folks have talent because if they didn't have talent, they wouldn't be at least at NXT to begin with, because they actually have a developmental system that's under that because one of the people they're training is Rick Steiner's son. Yeah. They're all training at the performance center. It's like, there's your developmental at right. the actual performance center. And then, I mean, that's how you, it's like, I, don't, I feel like he never looked at the old territory days. 
you've got the performance center. There's your feeder for NXT. Mm-hmm. The NXT feeds the main roster. It's not that hard to figure out. Right. And just like they used to have OVW was when, yes, they were training some guys, but then they were also sending people like um, Big Show, Mark Henry. Um, yeah. And they needed to they needed to polish up something. Big Show needed to lose weight. Some guy, you know, somebody got injured. Sent them there. Yeah. Just like yeah. they do with the minor leagues. And I was even thinking about this. The NBA. When we were growing up watching the NBA, they didn't have the, the D League that they have now. No, they didn't. So, you know, and every team, and there wasn't as many teams as what there is now either, but every draft, every year, each team drafts two people, and that's it. And before it was, they were getting them mostly from the colleges in the United States. Then the international players started coming in. Now you have this huge influx of players, but there was nowhere for them to go. They're like, well, wait a minute, you know, because we only have a roster. And that's when they somebody they finally do, started creating this uh, the developmental league, and that's what they use it for. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's like the it's like minor league baseball. Football still yeah. doesn't have it. I think the NHL does, and but the, the with wrestling, that's exactly what it could be, and yeah. they could actually have you know these many developmental areas set up the the way it used to be during the t- you could almost call it we're going back to the territory days because if the main roster raw and smackdown as they're traveling to these cities every single week as it is then they could actually pull some of the local talent in there because they're doing yeah, it sometimes yeah. anyway yeah. you know um what's his face the guy with no chin um, um james ellsworth james ellsworth that's how he actually got started he was just yeah. a guy for braun Strowman to just smack just around, yeah. but he became everybody. There was something bad and they liked. And so they kept bringing him back and, you know, and it, you know, I mean, what he did later on, he got in trouble for, I mean, you can't help that, but, yeah. but, but, but they, that's what they could do. I mean, and, and I know they, they used to have, they would actually have dark matches where they'd give these guys tryouts. They even had it on beyond the mat. And I think that's something that all the wrestlers, they just cut. All, the 13 they just cut the other day, the, and then the rest of the almost 50 throughout this year, and some of the ones from last year as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's like an entire company's worth of people. And then you throw all the, uh, the non-wrestling talent on there as well. Um, Mike Rotundo, I looked, yeah, he actually has been let go because we were talking yeah. about that because I was like, yeah, he did go back. But I was like, yeah, let me check. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, also, he's also a free agent. And there's some they could actually create a company they could at they could be i mean maybe if they wouldn't come wouldn't be big enough to compete with vince or uh the con family with AEW because AEW is kind of a uh wild story anyway because as soon as they formed they were the number two company yeah and but the thing with the thing that i like with AEW is that they are building those relationships with other companies. I mean, they've got the they've got the relationship with Impact. They've got the relationship with New Japan. Ring of Honor has you know has their relationship with New Japan with CML as it with CMLL. It's like Vince honestly thinks that he's untouchable, but when you got all these companies working together having these mutual relationships to where all of these stars are getting seen by fans, especially, you know, especially new Japan stars 
they're getting seen by people in the United States for the first time, which is going to make them seek that out even more. And, you know, impacts getting the rub being on, you know, network TV, they're, you know, their tag champions are on there. AEW sending people over there. It's like, all he's, he's feeding these companies, this talent, because looking at that list, there's only a couple on there, like, Kona Reeves, I just, I was never impressed with him. I just didn't think he was, I didn't think he was that good in the ring. Promo wasn't that good, but, but the man still deserves a job. Right. And, you know, and maybe they will go to one of the smaller indies and hone their craft more and then come back. I mean, you even have somebody like, you know, the two guys, the Bollywood boys. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, I honestly enjoyed watching them when they were with Jinder Mahal. I did too. Uh, Randy Orton had, had tweeted to them when they got released that uh, he said, don't let this get you down. This is not the end for y'all. He's like, I'll see y'all down the road. He said, I always enjoyed working with you guys. And I think that actually says something about Randy Orton too, because he was known when he first began, he was a hothead. And of course that comes yeah. from his time in the Marine Corps when he was, he got a bad conduct discharge from the Marine Corps because he was a hothead. Now yeah. his maturity level is up there where, yeah, he's definitely got the respect of everyone and he gives respect back. And, yeah. he, and, and he also knows his, his, his prime days are in the past. Yeah. And so now he's helping get these other ones over. He, and he probably learned that also from his dad and his granddad. And oh, I'm sure. yeah, I mean, his dad was involved in the main event at the very first WrestleMania. Yeah. But Cowboy Bob was already past his prime there, but he was still helping yeah. bring up the younger guys. Well, plus, you know, he probably learned it from Flair too during the evolution days. Yes. And, and that's one of the, the things with these folks and Triple H, you're right. I mean, he may have his hands tied. But Triple H, I mean, it, it almost looks like he probably did handpick a lot of these folks to be in NXT because Triple H has a lot of respect for the old territory days and yeah, and how the things, there was a reason why a lot of those formulas worked. But the formulas yeah. were the simple things, like when you have somebody new come in, have them win. Yeah. And Arne Anderson on his podcast, I mean, he's going through stories uh, right now. He's kind of going through his entire career. But when he first went to Mid-Atlantic, the Mid-Atlantic area, when he broke the kid's arm, you know, quote, yeah. unquote, in the first match, Manny Fernandez came out there. And then he attacked Manny. And then later on, he attacked Thunderbolt Patterson. He attacked, I mean, he was not losing his matches to start. I mean, right. he was winning. And so that got him over. When... Uh, the talent goes from NXT to the main roster. Like you said, I mean, they're burying them right off the bat. And it's like, why would you do that? Because Vince acts like no one watches NXT. He acts crazy. like Raw is in its own little bubble that people that watch Raw only watch Raw and don't realize that there's other shows within this company. And it's like, it goes back to what we were saying last week. Vince McMahon has made billions of dollars off insulting the intelligence of his yes. viewers. And there's the sad thing about that is with him burying them, like they've never seen NXT, that 
that's actually the opposite of what he needs to be doing. He needs to say, okay, well, maybe if they don't watch NXT, I need a prejudice person. I need to establish them so people will pay to go watch them. Exactly. I feel like that it's a, it's a petty move because, like, he's had Karrion Cross on Raw the past few weeks wearing the NXT title. I think he's he's lost two uh, he's lost two out of the three matches he's had on Raw. Hmm. Part of me feels like this is just Vince saying NXT is not bigger than the main roster, which because everybody feels like NXT is the best brand in the company and i feel like it's vince being like raw's the flagship show nxt is nothing so let me show you how i'm going to embarrass its champion which makes me wonder and it's like that's detrimental to your company as a whole it's like you do realize nxt is part of your company right (laughs) yeah and it, it also makes me wonder if there may be some kind of family friction going on between him and triple h I mean, because Triple H is the one running NXT, and yeah, uh, and Triple H, you know, Paul Levesque, you know, another one of those guys. For all some of the things we've criticized him for, and I think he's earned that criticism as well. The man has a head for wrestling. Yes, and what Triple H could potentially do—I don't see this ever happening. Triple H could actually leave and go start his own company. Oh yeah. And a lot of the wrestlers that got released, especially the ones that work for NXT, would would go with him in a heartbeat. Yeah. Because from what, what everything I've ever read, everybody loved him. Everybody loves him in NXT. Yeah. And as long as he keeps himself out of the ring, because that yeah. was that was one of the things, you know, we talk about Cena coming in and beating Roman just because well, that was that was my issue um, when Triple H, when he won the Rumble in, what was it, 18, 17 or 18, when he beat, when he had Roman put up the title in the Rumble. And, yes, yes. And Triple H was number 30, and then he won it, so he won the title, because I remember some of the, the nice things I was texting you as it was happening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Stuff yeah. we won't repeat on, on this show, but... yeah. It, it was they weren't very nice no, <laughs> just leave it at that weren't very, they weren't very family friendly no no you know, um, we were both like are you kidding me it's yeah it was like and and that's another thing it's like they have wwe has always had opportunities fall in their lap and they just ignore them the smart money would have been have dean ambrose win the rumble mm-hmm. and win the title mm-hmm. then Play on the history of him and, you know, him and Roman. That's your main event for WrestleMania. Triple H didn't, they didn't need Triple H to get, to get Roman over because it didn't work anyway. Right. They should have gave it to Dean. Dean should have, even if Triple H was going to be in it, Dean eliminates Triple H, wins the title, him and Roman feud to WrestleMania. And anytime you have former tag team partners feuding against each other, that always creates money right there. Yeah, your story's told. It's right there. Boom. Yeah. There's no work that has to be done. Uh, to that, you know, that that tension and animosity is already there. So just right. go with it. Oh, oh, well. 
we'll we'll just have to be keeping our eye on things as they come on the next few weeks to see where so well oh, i know they they well no these they came from nxt so they're going to have the 30-day non-compete clause that's right i meant to, yeah i thought about that earlier yeah a lot of these people may show up on like especially if they go to AEW and people are like well, AEW keeps, you know, they're going to have to be careful about the talent that they pick up. They're still a new company. Mm-hmm. They're not like WCW where they were already an established company and they just kept hoovering up talent. They're not like WWE who hoovered up talent for years to keep other, to hurt other companies. And now they're just releasing them into the wild, so to speak. AEW knows how to use their talent and i think they could fit a lot of these people in to good spots whether it's on dark so they can get some more seasoning or on dynamite or rampage and ring of honor Honor would be a great spot impact would be a great spot for a lot of these right and ring of honor and impact as far as i know they actually don't have a development assistant but they could use this to actually yeah possibly Mm -hmm. create one you know exactly uh, just a lot of stuff to keep on, you know, keep our eyes open in the next few weeks, just, just to see how this is all going to play out. And especially to see if they decide they were going to drop any, anybody else, just all of a sudden out of the blues. So I'm afraid this is not the end of it. Um, because from what I was, from what I was reading earlier, the cuts are, they're still going to keep, keep doing cuts and they're probably going to pre pretty frequent. So I just, I don't know what's going on. Like I said, if they're not selling the company, then I have no clue what's happening. But the way they're releasing people is scary. Yeah. So, but I think that about wraps it up for this week because uh, I don't think there's much more we can say about it. We're just going to, we'll just watch it. Yeah. And I really wish the best for everybody that was released, uh, whether they asked for the release or they were you know, asked to go, you know, yeah. no fault of their own. I really hope they find something because we've named out some names. We haven't even named all of them because there's that many names. Yeah. And I hope they find something and, you know, definitely, you know, more power to them because uh, they all deserve something. So absolutely. Every single one of them, they deserve their time to shine. Good. Well, all right, my friends. So we will be back on Thursday. Yep. And we don't have anything planned yet because we didn't even have this plan until we were watching everything play out. We're like, you know what? Yeah. This is right in itself. Yeah. So there, there may be something happen between now and then. We'll see. Or there may be something happening on Raw right now. But you never know. We'll see. This this is actually kind of makes it a little more fun. <laughs> so, but all right, dude. But yeah, we'll definitely be, uh, we'll definitely be corresponding, you know, so we can figure out what to do on Thursday as well, because this right here, we could continue to play this out or it could be something totally different. So yeah, that's true. Yep. Yep. So until then, my friend, God bless you. And I'll be talking to you. All right. God bless, man.